Everyday Survival by Lawrence Gonzalez. Narrated by Kevin T. Collins. The discovery of iron brought grief to men. Herodotus. Prologue. When I was finishing this book, I went to stay in a house on the Outer Banks in North Carolina so that I could work far away from the distractions of daily life. The house was on the dunes above the beach, and I could sit and write and listen to the surf as it thundered beneath my window while the constant wind blew the tops off the waves. Out on the deck, I'd watch the pelicans, big and prehistoric-looking, wheel around their circuit from south to north and back again. In the angled light of afternoon, pods of dolphins leapt and dove, and children played in the waves while I fretted about the rip currents carrying them out to sea. When I wasn't working, I took long walks on the beach or up and down the towering dunes just to the north, where the hang gliders launched, not far from where the Wright brothers first took flight. Jockey's Ridge State Park has the tallest sand dunes in the eastern United States, some of them a hundred feet high but many were more modest hills, and in places they crowded together, creating networks of shadowed pathways that led into wooded areas or out onto great tumbling expanses of seagrass and live oak and even prickly pear cactus. Catbirds called from the loblolly pines, and lizards left twisted trails that looked like an ancient language scratched in the sand. More than a few times, as I hiked, contemplating some of the deeper questions in this book, I realized that I had no idea where I was. I was, in fact, lost. But the entire park is only a mile long and three-fourths of a mile wide, wedged between U.S. Highway 158 and Roanoke Sound. I knew I could find my way out. Nevertheless, I had a hunch that this was a good place for people to find their own kind of trouble. And trouble is my specialty, studying it, writing about it, trying to understand how it happens. So I stopped a park ranger on my way out one day and asked him if people ever had to be rescued there. He just laughed. About 20 nights a year I'm out here looking for someone, he said. Dobo Cox was his name, and he was a broad man with a low center of gravity, all muscle. He would be hard to knock over. In his mid-thirties, he had a great bald head and a naturally infectious smile behind wraparound sunglasses. On his belt, crowded in among all the other paraphernalia, collapsible baton, mace, handcuffs, he wore a Glock 45 caliber pistol, the darker side of his profession. His job was trouble, too, and he appeared to have taken every precaution to keep it from getting the better of him. Cox went on to describe the astounding failures of mind that he had witnessed as a ranger on this tiny spit of land. He told me about a group of people he'd found on top of the tallest dune in the park, they had noticed that they could see the Atlantic Ocean to the east of the park and asked him if the water to the west was the Pacific Ocean. He said he had rescued numerous people who'd become lost and were unable to think through their panic and realized that they were only a short walk from a heavily traveled road. You can hear the cars. He told me that I'd be surprised at the number of people who asked him how far it was between the mile markers on that road. Cox seemed to take it all with good humor, but he also seemed a bit in despair at the human condition. He said people come here suffering from what he called a vacation state of mind, where all the old rules are suspended. 
Referring to the numerous injuries, mostly minor, that occur on the big dune, he said, Yes, gravity still does apply here, even when you're on vacation. He said people ask him things like which side of the road to drive on. One visitor complained bitterly because the dunes were made of sand, which made them hard to climb. I was particularly interested in talking to Cox, because I had just come from giving a talk at the Santa Fe Institute. The talk was called Intelligent Mistakes When Smart People Do Stupid Things and it was a brief preview of the first part of this book. It addressed behaviors, some of them my own, that were not unlike the ones Cox was describing to me on that summer day, filled with wind and sun on the eastern seaboard. The Santa Fe Institute, SFI as it's called, is one of the most respected research institutions in the nation and is well known around the world. It was formed by a group of scientists, economists, and mathematicians who believe